Hi everyone and welcome to the Perma Podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. It's really great to be with you all um, and I am delighted to welcome a new guest to the show today um, and I'm really excited to have her here. It's been a long time coming this one. So uh, welcome to the show, Alexis DeWeese. Yes, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's really great to have you here and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and Le- Alexis is a, um, um, a social media manager, um, media manager, sorry, and is studying theology and the arts. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to have a really interesting discussion today about creativity and theology. Um, it's going to be uh, really interesting. Um, so yeah, tell us a bit about just a bit about your background. Yes. Yes. So I work as a digital marketer within the publishing industry. I work for a company called Apricot Services. um, And our mission is to champion truth tellers in today's noisy world. So on the practical level, what that looks like is um, anything on the internet we can use to help facilitate conversations between authors or nonprofits and their communities. Because I mean, I think ultimately, um, it's, it's social media. It's, it's, it's a space for hospitality, um, helping authors and other creatives and activists make these hospitable spaces with which to have these important conversations they've been given to steward. Um, and so that looks like building websites or doing social media coaching, um, platform building, in all sorts of ways this works its, itself out, um, all for the goal of creating um, safe, healthy, vibrant spaces to have conversations surrounding the work, mostly creative work that my clients are putting out there. And so I really, I really love kind of having this intersection of um, the creative side of the people I get to work with alongside a theology of hospitality. Um, it's kind of where I'm at at the intersection um, and kind of noticing how these two things jive together Um, kind of led me a little bit on a wild goose chase up here to Scotland at the University of St. Andrews, where I'm studying theology and the arts at the Institute of Imagination, Theology and the Arts. And so it's just been an absolute gift to see um, how this all kind of drives together in this this history of the theology of aesthetics um, and all of these different disciplines that go into that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a little bit of my context. Um, and, yes, I'm, I'm excited to dive into um, kind of this intersection of creative work and that being theological and spiritual. And I think this is going to be a really great conversation. Yeah, me too. Uh, I mean, the whole theme of this podcast is, you know, creativity, spirituality, that's kind of where it started. I mean, it's gone. Obviously, we talk about other things here now. I mean, you know, mental health, grief, and and right. a lot of other things. Um, but uh, that's where it originally began, like four or five years ago. Um, and the word poema, as well, actually, mm-hmm. is a Greek word which is kind of about us being God's divine workmanship. You know, um, so it kind of fits with the title of the podcast pretty much perfectly. So. Uh-huh. Um, so what you're talking, what we're talking about today is like what you call the theology of of, of aesthetics. Mm-hmm. If I can say the word. Um, doing great, got it. So <laughs> I got it that time, didn't I? Um, yeah. So 
tell us a bit about what you mean by the theology of aesthetics. Right. Aesthetics. Right. This is this is a very broad term in which I do not claim to be an ex expert whatsoever. Just just putting that out there to the the podcast aficionados. Um, but um, so this is this is basically exploring um, basically a theology of, of of beauty or the way the way things appear and how we experience those that that experience of aesthetics and so this looks like a lot of things this this is how we um oftentimes we're we're in this material world um but as a follower of the way of jesus i very much believe and and am cognizant of the fact that there is more beyond this this physical realm that there is um, a spiritual and an eternal that surrounds us. And there's, there's, I think any of us can point to a time that we've taken in a piece of art and had an experience of, of a divine nature. There's been an experience of the divine. There's been some sort of religious experience to happen out of that experience with the arts. And so that's been, that's, that's kind of covered under this very broad umbrella of, aesthetics as well as you know phenomenology is also part of that and is something I am not an expert in at all the first time I encountered that in a seminar a few months ago I had to I had to google a lot um, but I mean this is it's it's so much of this this discipline um, and what what I have the absolute privilege to to be learning and reading more about but also what I've been fascinated by for a while is kind of how um, creative work and our experiences with the divine intersect and how we can learn or experience God through aesthetic means where the, where the material and the spiritual kind of intersect and facilitate us into a conversation with, with the divine. Um, And so there's, there's strains of it that are related to natural theology as well as, you know, how, how we, how we worship or how, how creatives are, you know, theologians. I mean, anyone called to the way of Jesus really is a theologian on some level. Um, but really just kind of having conversations around these very broad topics. And so I, for me personally, this has played out looking at hospitality itself and working alongside creatives and the work that they are doing privately um, and then sharing it publicly in these social spaces. Um, that's kind of, that's, that's where my intersection is looking at like imaginative and creative work um, being shared in community, communities built around that creative work um, and how that, how that really is a very theological and sacred space. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's a very broad meandering definition um, just out of the fact that there's so much to it. And I am just part of a very, very, very little little piece of that theological aesthetics puzzle but it's been a wonderful puzzle to get to wrestle with yeah it sounds sounds really exciting um and i i love talking about creativity i really do mm. it gets me really excited all the time mm. right. uh, and there is such an intersection between creativity and spirituality and, and the divine and you know i yeah i mean you need i'm sure you know you've experienced this too that when when you're kind of in in the creative process and you're working on something really great, that's, that you can have those interactions with 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 God and you know and uh, those spiritual encounters, you know. And not only that, but you can. You, but what you're talking about as well is 
the intention behind it, you know, that you can create those experiences. I, I'm part of a spiritual community, which is where creativity is a big part of it. And mm. we, we, we use a lot of imaginative, fresh ways of um, doing services and we create our own liturgies and wow. sometimes, not all the time. I mean, obviously, but occasionally, you know, uh, and, you know, and in that sense, we're we're creating these spaces for encounters with God. Uh, and yeah, I mean, so tell us a bit about that kind of intention behind um, these kind of creative, uh, creative spaces where we kind of meet with the divine, as opposed to kind of just those ones that you just you just have when you're working on something creative. Right, right. No, I think that's I think that's a great a great thing to think about. And I love how you, how this is part of your communal spiritual practice as well. Cause I think that that really, I mean, the way I think about it, I think that is, is kind of in line with the, with how this is playing out in your community is I really think it, it's, it comes down to our posture when we are approaching either a creative work we're doing, or we are taking in someone else's creative work. Um, if we're coming just for, you know, for it, for the sake of utility, um, I'm trying to control the work or an author friend of mine come calls it approaching the page with a Jezebel spirit. I'm coming to control and to, you know, just, just subjugate the work to me, or, um, I'm coming for the sake of, you know, I, I have music just on in the background, or I have a piece of artwork on the wall just to add some color to the space. Um, you know, you're, we're, we're, we're using, we're just consuming something. Um, and what, what I think is so important in, in approaching something, knowing that artwork can be something that can facilitate our, our interaction and our awareness of the divine um, is to come to it with a posture of surrender. When I come to something open-handed, when I come to, you know, a writing project that I'm working on, knowing that I, I'm really, I'm just trying to facilitate something um, or coming to a piece of artwork, knowing that someone has created this. This is a conversation I'm being invited into. And even if the person who's created this does not share my belief or my creed, that they're still trying to say something very true about their human experience and to create costs. And so this is something very vulnerable and to hold that open handedly and to charitably consider like, what might this be saying that is true about my humanity or the world or what is beyond this world? Um, and to hold that, um, not to grasp it, but to just hold it openly um, I think is such a valuable posture. And I think that's where that intention comes in. This takes practice. Um, this takes, you know, this takes a commitment to to want to hold it and not to control it or to sit there and be like, no, this is not an, a correct way to be in the world, but to just consider it for a moment before we we just decide if it, if it is it is if it is true or if it is useful to us or if it is anything, but just to hold it and consider first um, to approach with a posture of submitting to something. Um, there's an author I love, Daniel Nairi, who um, he gave a lecture once talking about how we have these, as humans, we have these, these survival impulses that a lot of times we just talk about it as um, to, to, you know, to live and to procreate. But he's like, also we have 
this urge to worship. Um, and so it is as an author or as a creative, um, we have kind of a responsibility to invite, to invite the reader or invite the listener um, or invite the viewer to sit at the foot of our God and listen. Um, and I think if that's, if that's what the creative is extending, I think also as someone taking in creative work, uh, we, we have that invitation to sit down open-handedly and listen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I love that, that posture of the open hand. It's, uh, it's really powerful. I think it's such a, and I use it a lot in terms of like how we hold our beliefs, you know, how we, how we believe, you know, Mm -hmm. are we, Mm-hmm. Are we going to be fundamentalists and say I'm right and you're wrong and right. kind of tribal and mm-hmm. divisive? Or are we going to listen to people who disagree with us and are we going to be willing to learn from people who disagree with us? Are we willing to grow and move out from where we are and into different places? And that's kind of the essence of creativity is mm-hmm. like taking a risk, right? Um, going out from your comfort zone and going out and making something new. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's so many crossovers really like with kind of the spiritual journey and the creative creative process, because in a sense, they're kind of the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, right. you're creating your life, you're create, you're co-creating your spiritual journey with, mm-hmm. with God. Uh, and in a sense, that's true for, for art as well. Right. No, completely. And I mean, I think about like, what is the first thing that God really reveals about himself to us in scripture is in the beginning, God created. And I find it so stunning that this, this is the first thing he tells us about himself um, in, in the written word, but also um, that this is, this is in, in imaging him, this is something that we're invited into. Like we're not invited into omnipotence or omnipresence or any of that, but we are invited into creating. And this is stunning to me. And I think it's very profound. And I think this connection you've made of the fact that like our spiritual journey is an act of like in leaning into that is an act of creating in and of itself, I think is also telling toward that. Like this is something very foundational to our humanity. Um, and I think, I think it's important to have these conversations about it because it's not, I think that, I mean, I think we've all had conversations, um, as creatives where someone's complimented you you or your work and been like, Oh, I wish I was that creative. But just the fact that we are human, it's, it's innate. It's part of who we are as image bearers is that creative impulse. Um, it's just in the very fabric of of the deal yeah that's right that's right it's right there in the dna isn't it it's yeah it's right in the yeah in the fabric of everything yeah that's right it's kind of yeah they're they're so they're like a mystery that's intertwined Mm, yeah sometimes you can't see one or for the other and they're all yeah it's yeah uh, i love that i love that when i love it when things connect you know Mm -hmm. when you get like when you get connections between the, the you know between faith and and the creative process and science and when all of those things kind of seem to right. mix together, it's it's wonderful. Right, and it just I I always find myself in awe in those moments because I don't know I don't know if you have this experience when writing um, 
where where you just kind of notice that this thread has been there all along and you didn't intentionally put it in there and yet there it is and you're kind of like oh this all this all hangs together despite like my best efforts it's still this is this is better than i was anticipating um and this happens rarely i'm not saying this is a regular occurrence but where where there's just a moment where there's the aha and it all just kind of fits and i think we have these moments of wonder and these aha moments even out of just seeing how God has connected, you know, all of these things together out of his own divine creativity. Um, and the fact that we get to kind of share that within our, like, within our creative process and getting to see his have all of these beautiful intricacies that lead us into wonder, that remind us of the mystery of being in this world and being human in this world. Um, and the fact that we get to have small tastes of that out of our own creative processes, I think is beautiful. And it's very humbling, I, for me at least, um, just to know that like I don't see how it all hangs together. And yet I'm, I'm invited into these glimpses um, is just something beautiful and not something I can control. And this is where that posture becomes very important just to know that, you know what, this is a work I've been given to steward. Um, it's not mine to control, but it's mine to steward and follow where, where that work is going to lead me. Um, and I feel like that's very abstract, but I, I, I still think that there's something really beautiful out of that abstract mystery that at least leads me into, into wonder. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it does. It leads us into wonder and, I love it. I mean, I, I watched a movie about astronomy and mm. uh, it's called Clara. And and he meets this kind of, there's this astronomer who's like this complete mm -hmm. academic and everything like that. Yeah. Like, and meets this kind of free spirited, creative artist, you know, a professional artist. And, um, and yet she feels a connection with the universe in a way that he doesn't to start with. Mm. Uh, and she kind of helps him to make a discovery through that. And there's an element, and I won't tell the whole story, but there's an element of of spirit. There's an element of um, there's an element of creativity. There's an element of science, and it's all mixed in the same in the mm -hmm. same movie. And it's it's magical. The ending is just magical. It's like a no, the um, yeah, you you just get that kind of intersection of, of all three, um, because everything is spiritual, you know. Right, right. Oh, I love that statement too. That everything is spiritual. I mean, because as as you were watching that movie, like what 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 about that was so? I'm just curious. Like, unpack that more for me. What was what out of her connection with the universe versus his was? What did that spark in you? What did what did that make you think of? It, it sparks wonder. It sparks the, the feeling that anything is possible. The, the, the feeling that we're all that everything is connected and that the divine is somehow in the midst of everything, and that it's bigger than any kind of systems or religion or book or anything that we come up with to kind of explain or control him or, uh, or anything like that. That he is, um, yeah. That he is just that or she or they you know i don't give god a gender generally but that is just it, 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 it's all big and it's all connected and it's all and it's something magical like mm -hmm. magical is the word uh, for right. me and it's, and it's just this wonder about it you just get lost in it like this 
Like, because there's, yeah, she closes her eyes and suddenly she's in the universe and you get the image of the universe and mm-hmm. like she's feeling that connection within her. Right. And she has to lead him into that. And he's the guy that has all the knowledge about this stuff, right? <laughs> right, right, um, right? And yet she gets the connection before he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, uh, it's, I, I always, I think, been kind of on a campaign to get everyone to see that movie because <laughs> it wasn't like a big Hollywood movie, but it's on, um, it's on Amazon Prime and, it's on Apple TV, I think, now as well, and it, it's. Um, I've watched it multiple times, and it just inspires me every time. It's uh, it's that coming together, isn't it, of, of creativity and, mm. and theology and, and science and just spirituality. Right, right. Well, and I think that we we've made these boxes when it comes to different disciplines or different different interests that we may have that there's there's the creativity box and that holds the arts or the humanities and then we've got we've got science and maths over here and then we've got like the very like practical just survival things um and we we've we've compartmentalized i think too much because there's something really beautiful to start to see how all of these aspects of our lives and all of these intersections um, of, of different disciplines and talents, they, there's something very dialogical about the way that uh, of, of this created order uh, that there, there is, there is still mystery and creativity within the sciences. And there are, there's, there's very like precise pieces of the arts, but there is, there, there's not, the lines that we've drawn over these things are not so clear because one thing really can inspire and spark something in another discipline. And we start to, we start to see how there's this beautiful interplay and how God is created. Um, And I, I know many poets who are very inspired by the sciences, very inspired by biology or astronomy. And even there's so many, you, you look at so many, um, different scientists or theologians throughout history inspired very much by musicians and composers. And uh, like, I mean, it all starts to, it, I mean, we just see what we're inspired by and what sparks wonder. And I think that that's such a, a divine clue that there is an inner working to all of these things. And what we've been given to steward as a creative project, be that, you know, a vocation in the sciences or, you know, be it actually like a traditional artistic path um you know it's all pointing towards this divine it's all echoing this divine creativity um that has been you know woven into the fabric of creation that then we get to uncover and discover and build upon that is just really a beautiful privilege when you look at it but um like you talking about how like this storyline, but also like this film, what it's inspiring in you. Like there is this very, I mean, I don't want to take this to like kumbaya, it's all the same thing, but there is just this really beautiful dialogue that happens between so many pieces of creative work. And I like to give creative work just a very broad definition to be able to um, start to blur these boundaries. Um, and I just, I love you expressing, um, what this film was depicting, but also what that was stirring in you. I think those are important things to, to hold and consider when something just really captures us, when there's some sort of holy haunting in something that we encounter. Um, I think it's important to hold that and to think about what that, what that haunting is, is pushing us toward. Yeah, you're right. You're right. 
Yeah. <laughs> it is wonderful. I need to have those. We need, well, not I, we need to have those experiences more, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, we need to choose to put ourselves in. This is why it's intentional, isn't it? Right, right. <laughs> it's like we need to put ourselves in these spaces where we can have these encounters. And those encounters don't have to actually be in a church building. No. They can be... I mean, they can be watching watching the right kind of movie with the right kind of approach, or it can be reading a book, or it can be going to a gallery. Like, I mean, I've got I've had a few of these experiences. Like, I went to see um, Van Gogh's um, or having an exhibition, having an exhibition in London of, mm-hmm. of his of his work, and uh, and Sunflowers was there, mm-hmm. and so you got. I, I just went. I went and sat. I went. I went and looked at it, and even from a from a distance. The, the 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 painting had a presence of its own. It was like mm-hmm. it was just emitting this energy, and you could feel it tangibly or like it anyway. Um, and you just sat in front of it, and it was like, wow, this is just you just look you just look at it, and you feel this. It was like divine energy, like coming off this, off this painting, and yeah, it was inspiring. And and last year I went to um or. Uh, 20, 2019 it'll be it'll be two years ago by the time this goes out <laughs> um i went to um i went to brussels and and they were having again it was this it was this kind of presentation of van gogh and it was like of his whole life and it was like they basically kind of projected this onto the walls of this building oh my word you got to go to that yeah and it was just and people were kind of using his art to draw an animated version of his life. And there was just, it was just everywhere and there's music. And it was just like, you were just literally, we were literally immersed in it. And it was just, and people were just lying down on the floor and just looking up mm. and just, just closing their eyes and just letting this just consume them. And like, it was just, oh yeah, you've just, and again, it was like a divine experience. It was like this sacred, sacred space. Oh, that's and, you know, um, yeah, I, I I love that. You know, and, and yeah, and it can be the same when you listen to, to a piece of music. You know, you just you kind of that's why I love to know the story behind music because it helps me connect with music. So you you can find those songs which are sacred for you for whatever reason they're sacred and just uh just and just go in and listen to them. Like I mean, Taylor Swift, right? This year, um, like her two albums. There's there's songs on those two albums which uh are very very personal for me and my story and like you know, like you have sacred moments when you're listening to these these songs right. uh, and it's just it's just i think i've just got i didn't actually realize this till i started talking about it with you <laughs> I, love, I, must, I, love. I must have this openness to these experiences because i keep having them you know and mm-hmm. um and i suppose part of that's being open to it part of it's being open to the journey part of it's being highly sensitive as well I guess yeah well and I think some of it as well I I grew up in a more a a Protestant tradition of more of a fundamentalist bent in which there was this suspicion toward the arts or imagery it was very uh, iconoclastic um whereas like you know it can't be an idol and you know a lot of what's happening in hollywood or in the recording studio is you know drenched in sin and like i mean where there was just kind of these 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 assumptions about what creative work was or what was being produced by you know we'll just put lots of quotation marks around the world you know where there's there's just these these assumptions and these 
these prejudices against such work or such experiences as somehow being wrong or spiritually incorrect. Um, and so it's, ta- it's taken time to kind of undo this and see that there is, there is something there to be gleaned and held and valued. Um, there is this wonderful art philosopher, Calvin Sierveld, and um, his work just his his work has been so influential in my life um recognizing it was he he, reading his book bearing fresh olive leaves when i was in university was one of the first times i had seen someone of a theological or philosophical bent kind of express this idea of being like being given really permission to have a religious experience facilitated through a piece of creative work and in his in the intro to that book he talks about how um how art really gives us a taste of the eternal and it can do that in many ways um and in some ways you know it gives us a taste of how how deeply broken things are and that you know ignites a longing and a and a lord have mercy um, emotion in us, or it gives us a taste of something very beautiful and what like eternity can be, what redemption can be. Um, and so it's kind of directing our desires and like how we've been talking about, it directs our posture toward the divine in ways that, you know, sitting down with scripture doesn't necessarily do that or sitting through a liturgy doesn't necessarily do that. It, it, it gives us another outlet through which to have a taste of the eternal, to reorient our our attentions um, and to direct our thoughts in ways that that they wouldn't be otherwise. And I, I I think that there's just something very valuable in being given permission. Um, that yes, you can have a religious experience that is accompanied by other creatives that is accompanied through work that may not necessarily be intended to give you a religious experience. I think of, um, there's, there was a photo, a very controversial photo. Um, you know, this was probably 20, 30 years ago. This is, this was, I am, I am a child. Um, so this was before my time, perhaps before yours as well. Um, but Andrea Siriano had a, a, a photo called the piss Christ in which he, he immersed a crucifix in, uh, in a vat of his, his urine and took this photo. And, um, in some ways it was kind of, it was, I mean, very literally what it was, um, kind of expressing his own derision toward the Catholic church. Um, but also, like, it, there's just something very stunning. There's something kind of beautiful with the way the light is catching the crucifix. But also, I mean, there's something for me as a believer, there's something very profound in seeing essentially what happened. Like, God came to earth and died for humanity in shame. Like, there was, there was a shame culturally surrounding that. Like, he was just kind of, there was, there's this sense that he was, you know, defecated on by his own creation and yet he still sacrificed he still did that like that's astounding to me and so this this image that is supposed to be this act of rebellion and yes it it, it is that is 
also this invitation to recognize, um, you know, my own rejection of what was so graciously and beautifully given and is still, and is given to me still, um, I think is really profound, despite the fact that that was not Serrano's intention, um, that the divine still speaks to me through that in a very redemptive way, um, just as example. Um, but yes, I just, I think that, and if, and if I'm the first person giving you permission to, you know, encounter artwork in this way, then let me be that person. You have permission um, to experience the divine through creative work. Absolutely. Yeah, you do. We all do. Um, I really want to encourage people to do that. Be open. It's 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 a it's not just a state of mind, is it? It's mm. a state of spirit. It's a state of heart. It's like it's opening yourself up to see the divine wherever you go, mm-hmm. and um, and that's ultimately what it comes down to, isn't it? That you that you can embrace embrace the wonder, mm. yeah. uh, and. Yeah, you can you can you can create those spaces, uh, and yeah, if you if you look for them, I mean, even now when we're all kind of uh, at home and you know lockdown in the UK at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, and well, we can still find those spaces. Like I, like the example was that movie. I, I found that movie. Uh, it was a movie that I wanted to that I wanted to watch mm-hmm. for ages, and I. When I saw it was available, I literally went in. I went and I went and got it. Went and got it straight away. It was, yeah. uh, and you know, just listen to your listen to your body, listen to your spirit, listen to your heart, and and follow your curiosity. Like that's really important. Mm-hmm. I I love that phrase to follow your curiosity. Mm. I think about there is there is a wonderful author and spiritual director Sharon Garlow Brown who uses the phrase sit with what provokes and I think I think that that's part of that posture as well if we if we encounter you know a piece of creative work that maybe it's not maybe it's not a positive experience you know maybe maybe there is something disturbing to it maybe there is something triggering to it maybe there's there's something that that gives us pause or we're not really sure even what what we're feeling encountering it and I think that there's something even there's there's something of value in cultivating this this practice of an open handed posture to to sit and be like why does that bother me why um why why am I responding to this in the way and I feel like that's even another there's it's just kind of a back door into a conversation with the divine um, where you know maybe it's very much not a religious experience in that encounter maybe it is um, but to just just sit with what provokes sit with what makes us feel strongly. Um, in any direction and just kind of beginning to ask ourselves kind of why and what, what's, what's behind that. And um, I, I think that it's just, it's a proving ground to just kind of see who, like see, see what, where we are as people um, with ourselves, but also to, you know, begin to begin to cultivate this, this practice of also considering more thoughtfully and more intentionally what we're what we're taking in, what's being said to us, um, all of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, what are these spaces for you? What does it? What does this look like in your life? Mm. And how have you? And how is your stud? How have your kind of your studies helped you curate that? Right. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I know I am very inspired by music, um, specifically lyrics. I don't. I don't. I'm not much of a musician at all. I can read music from some vocal music days, but that's that's about it. And so I'm very inspired more by the poetry and the thoughtfulness of, of lyrics when I encounter music. And so I can I can appreciate. You know, I, I appreciate many genres of music, but um, I find that I need to sit down and actually like not be doing anything but listening um, to actually kind of to, to actually know like this is this is what this song is. Let me consider what is being said for me. And so one of my favorite things is I have just a few bands that I really I really love. I think they have profound things to say. Um and so to actually sit down and read the lyrics while listening, um, I found to be a very relaxing um, and very profound practice. Um, but even just to have, I, I am a multitasker. And so anytime I can just take in something just as it is, there's nothing else happening in the background. I'm just reading a book or I am, um, you know, if back, back when, you know, we, we were going to art museums and when we will go to art museums, once again, just to be there, not to have conversation, but to just take in a piece, just to sit for 10, 15, 20 minutes in front of a piece and consider it. Um, just really for me, it's, it's not just the taking a thing in, it's the, it's the sitting down and just being able to focus and dwell on that thing. Um, and what, Within my studies uh, toward the second part of your question, uh, I found I'm a very opinionated person. <laughs> um, and I, I have a proclivity to want to put things and just break things up into, um, you know, false dualisms of this is good and that's bad and this is black and this is white. And there's, there, are, there are categories to these things. Um, but instead to be able to sit with what I may not enjoy or I, what may not be my taste, and to to again with with the open handedness to to consider it to to think about well what was potentially intended here um, what what is a value here what is this actually saying as opposed to writing it off just because it isn't my first taste or my isn't to my taste um, but to to actually you know sit with it beyond my initial impression. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, that is wonderful. Um, that's really, really inspiring. Um, yeah, um, it's it's a really beautiful thing, you know, and to be able to encounter the divine in that way, um, we all have our own ways of doing it. Mm -hmm. We all have our own ways of, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, again, you find your own, your own method, um, your own unique way of encountering the divine through creativity. And, and you've just described yours, you know, and that's, that is really beautiful. Um, yeah. And like the more we learn, the more we can, the more we can engage mm -hmm. and, um yeah it's uh 
it's it's really great. So, just to end, what 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 would be your advice to people who are, you know, who are wanting to explore and create mm-hmm. these kind of spaces in their life? Right. I mean, my my first advice to anyone is always usually a book recommendation. <laughs> so I'm not going to pretend this is going to be really anything beyond that. Um, but what's been helpful for me, I mentioned before Calvin Sierveld's book, Bearing Fresh Olive Leaves, was kind of my first, my was my first encounter with this whole world of theological aesthetics. But beyond that, you don't, uh, if you're if you're not someone who's really like wanting to delve into the philosophical end of that pool, that's perfectly fine. But there are so many other wonderful resources toward that end. Um, one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite spiritual practices that's actually directly connected to, um, you know, the encounter of the divine alongside creative work is Visio Divina. Have you ever heard of this? Oh, yes, I've done this. Okay, yes. Um, Wonderful. For those of you who don't know, it is very much out of the spirit of Lectio Divina, and yet instead of sitting um, with a a portion of scripture, it's sitting with a piece of art. Um, And this is something actually, as we were talking about Van Gogh, this was something he kind of did actually in the painting process itself, not viewing the art, but he would paint himself in, actually in the Vatican Museum. He has um, a pieta where he paints himself as the crucified Christ, out of thinking about, I mean, he, he had this very robust spiritual life that I think a lot has been downplayed until recently. Um, but just was thinking about Christ as his companion and suffering. And out of that painted himself as the crucified Christ being held by, um, being held by the Virgin Mary, um, which was stunning to me. The first time I encountered it, I didn't know this part of his spiritual practice. Um, so I was just kind of like, well, that's kind of arrogant, you know, <laughs> but this was, this was him working this out that like Christ is our companion and suffering and Christ died in our place. And then placing himself within that narrative, um, as he was trying to, you know, have this encounter with the divine, um, is actually quite profound. So there's a wonderful book, um, called Learning from Henry, Henry Nouwen and Vincent van Gogh, um, which is by Carol A. a. Berry, um, and talks about um, both how Nouwen was inspired by van Gogh, but also some of these um, these spiritual contexts of van Gogh's work that I found very profound. Um, and also in a similar vein, it's also to do with van Gogh, because apparently this is, this is a theme you and I didn't intend um, I mentioned Sharon Garlow Brown um, previously, but she has a wonderful series about um, mental health and um, spiritual practice, specifically with the practice of Visio Divina. And this is told through because spiritual practice is an experiential thing. She tells this in kind of a novel format. It's told through the story of a character named Wren and her mental health journey. Um, but alongside that, you as the reader kind of get invited into um, her reading Van Gogh's letters, her encountering um, this practice of visio divina, of sitting under a piece of artwork and trying to, um, you know, listen to what the divine may be trying to say, what that piece might be provoking in you, um, what what your experience or your body may be trying to, you know, express, and then bringing that before um before the divine in prayer, um, she really just 
writes a very beautiful novel, just trying to bring us into that experientially alongside this character. Um, and so that, that the first book in the series is called Shades of Light. And that one's really wonderful as well. If that's your first, your first time kind of encountering art through spiritual practice. Um, another um, Instagram has many wonderful um, artists that are doing this kind of work as well. One in particular um, is um, the account's called at Scott the Painter, but Scott Erickson has this visual prayers series that if you ever want to start to to practice Visio Divina, he has these beautiful, profound images um, that are intended to guide us into into these these spaces with the divine through through visual artwork. Um, so that's, that's a smattering and there's so many more out there. Um, but I, if, if someone's looking at different entry points, those, those are the ones that, that stick out most to me in my mind. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, this has been such a great conversation. I feel we could keep talking about this too. <laughs> um, that was the best <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how can people connect with you online? Right. Yes, I am most active on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at Lex Deweese, D-E-W-E-E-S-E. Um, I also, I have a website, um, AlexisDeweese.com, that is less active. But if you're curious about the work that I am doing, ApricotServices.com um, is, is kind of the hub of a lot of my, my professional work. Um, especially concerning um, authors and writers and activists and creating creating conversation um, with their communities around the creative work that they're doing. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, you. I'm sure we'll, uh, sure we'll have you back on. There's so much more we can talk about. It's been so fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so thanks for coming on and thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, take care.